Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my two handsome debonair co-hosts, Dave Glanz and Mike Morandi. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies and see if they hold up upon rewatching them nowadays. Uh, you can find us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com, facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and you can email us with movie suggestions at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. But in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the classic, classic uh, 1991 animated film, Beauty and the Beast. Walt Disney Pictures presents its all-new 30th full-length animated motion picture. Is anyone here? Mama, there's a girl in the castle. Good. A girl! The classic story of Beauty and the Beast. He was a lonely beast, cursed by a mysterious spell. And she was the beautiful young girl who could set him and his kingdom free. She's the one! She has come to break the spell! They were two complete opposites. I don't want to have anything to do with him. She is being so difficult. Until something wonderful happened. There's something sweet. Straighten up. And almost kind. Show me the smile. But he was mean and he was coarse and unrefined. And now he's dear. You look so... And so Stupid. So why are we doing Beauty and the Beast? Well, um... We are about to have a live... See, the Disney Corporation figured out a couple years ago that if they just make all the movies they've already made but put real people into the exact movies, yes. they can make untold amounts of money. Yes. Uh, so they, uh, they did that with Cinderella, and now they are doing it with Beauty and the Beast. See, now why didn't George Lucas just take the Star Wars movies and just make animated versions of those I think to it's, the reverse? Well, here's the thing. People lack imagination, and <laughs> they really like the movies that they grew up with as, uh, as kids. And they just really want to see, like, the tangible aspect of that. Yeah. And you cast some attractive, likable stars, and you've got a box office hit. Or my daughter would say, service, yeah. the, the real bell. She calls the one on, in the preview, the real bell. Uh, yeah, exactly. The real bell <laughs> is now Emma Watson. <laughs> yes. uh, but this is a 1991 film, not to be confused with the 1987 series starring uh, Melissa, Melissa Hamilton. And no, no, no. Linda Hamilton. Hamilton and, and what's his, what's his Ron name? Perlman. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Who looks Hellboy. like a beast. Yeah. Of Hellboy fame. Who uh, uh, who uh, was a, played a beast who lived in the sewers? <laughs> and wasn't yeah. there like a music video of Meatloaf where he was some kind of a beast or something around the same time? Well, Beauty yeah. and the Beast has been in popular culture. Forever. I would do anything for love. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. that's the one. Yep. Uh, Beauty and the Beast is uh, based on a fairy tale. I'm gonna actually look up the origin of this, but it's a classic fairy tale. Um, uh, Beauty and the Beast also signifies as an animated film. It signifies. It's a French fairy tale. It's a French fairy tale? I guess that makes sense. It's by Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) That was pretty good, wasn't it? Wait a minute. uh, On Wikipedia, it says uh, it's a fairy tale written by French novelist Gabrielle Suzanne. Barbeau, but it's Deville based on the Arthur French. Wait, it says it's based on the French fairy tale. The same name by Jean Mire, but little Prince Okay, is that better? <laughs> That's, perfect. You do a That's perfect. That's perfect. Oh, oui, So yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Um, I'm excited to talk about this. We it's our first Disney animated musical. Um, this is very much of the millennial generation. I feel like people my age grew up watching Disney movies like Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid and The Lion King. Um, it also, Beauty and the Beast kind of signifies this resurgence, the, what people like to call the golden age of Disney animation. Disney went through a really tough period in the 80s with movies like The Black Cauldron and Oliver and Company where they just didn't have any real big hits. Mm-hmm. And then uh, The Little Mermaid came out and was a massive success. And Beauty and the Beast kind of built upon that uh, that starting point, and things just kept on getting bigger and bigger until eventually another collapse and then another resurgence we're in now. So Disney kind of ruled the roost until Pixar arrived in around 1995. Collapse with, is a little harsh. <laughs> I would say collapse. I, I don't because, think it collapsed. It just maybe regressed a little bit, but I don't think well, Disney Well, when ever it comes to tr- their tradition. Over the, the 2D animated stuff. Their 2D did, animated stuff yeah. totally did. Because yeah. they, oh, sure, they, sure, sure, sure. They did movies like. I mean, has anyone? Does anyone remember Home on the Range? That like yes. those are like movies mm. that no one really. Yes, you're correct. Remembers <laughs> or um, 
what was the movie where it was like a flying guy in like a hoverboard? It was like Treasure Planet. That's another. Yes, I saw that actually. Matt Damon was a voice okay. of, of the lead character, and there was also a movie with David Spade. Um, the Emperor's New Groove. Yes. Oh, so D- Disney. That was, no, that wasn't in- that wasn't Disney though. I thought that was. Yes, it was. Uh, is it DreamWorks? No, that's Disney. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm thinking of, sorry, El Dorado is what I'm thinking of. They're very, it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned that because those movies have been switched around in my head a million times. So yeah, that fits. Um, but yeah, so Beauty and the Beast kind of marks this resurgence of animation. It is nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. It's the first animated film to ever get nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. And subsequently, we've had two additional nominations in that category, Up and Toy Story 3, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh but now that there's its own separate category in the Oscars, I feel like animated films tend to get passed over a lot. Yeah. So, uh, and then of course the music is famous in this movie. The music. Is, I don't think there was an animated film uh, uh, category. There wasn't point. at the time. It yeah. was actually invented after this movie. I think everyone yeah. got pissed that an animated film got <laughs> yeah. nominated for Best Picture. Uh, but the music is super famous. It ended up spawning a incredibly popular Disney uh, uh, on Broadway musical that played for years on Broadway and you know since toured all over the country uh, and and again we're getting a live action version coming out soon so I've been babbling yeah Dave that was 25 mm-hmm. years ago which is a nice number oh us. yeah there you mm-hmm. go Dave um, are you too old to be of the Disney <laughs> resurgence generation no not really I mean I you were like what 35 when this movie came yeah. out <laughs> it's been a while since we've made that joke Come on, keep doing it. So. I was good. 15. I guess I was 15, right? It was 1991. Yeah, you're too old for it, man. No. No, I saw it in the theater with my family. And, <laughs> what a and loser. loved it at the time and still love it. Um, uh, because it was great and can, and remains great. So, Ooh, no, I wow. was... Wow, I'm but, surprised. But, I thought you were going to be all pissy about this movie. Okay. <laughs> but I, what, I, what, I will, what I will say is that I was at the right age to love this movie and then really... Uh, I, the subsequent movies, Aladdin and The Lion King, I really wasn't that all excited four I wasn't really I don't think I saw The Lion King in theaters I saw it on video and I didn't see Aladdin until just a couple years ago I saw The Lion King as a double feature paired with Angels in the Outfield nice so it was like the biggest movie experience (laughs) ever but anyway continue and I have to be honest I didn't really like uh, Aladdin all that much having seen it in bits and pieces over the years and finally seeing it all the way through I didn't really it's that's not my thing I don't know what to say Lion King I was never that hot on but Beauty and the Beast I have always loved that movie And, and Little Mermaid I hadn't seen it till about last year, actually. Uh, so, of, of the movies of the of this of the Disney Renaissance, uh, this was definitely by far my favorite. I think it might have had something to do that it took place in you know fall. It feels like a movie that takes place in fall and winter that are this is the movie. Hoosiers thing. Yeah, this yeah, there's, that's my favorite time of year. The fireplaces, the fall, the fall colors, the just the the tone of the movie. It just. It's uh, it's it's like it's so. Made. Your critique of the Lion King and Aladdin is that it's too hot. No, it's just too hot no, watching no. those movies. Released at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, yeah, the setting itself is uh, the setting of a Disney movie. I think is a big selling point. You know, it's it, you know that's something I always admire about, uh, you know, almost every Disney movie you see. Like the most recent one was Moana. We're we're, we're now in the era where everything's three D animated. Wait, what did you play, call that movie? Moana. It takes place on a South Pacific. Okay, okay. Island, I thought you said you know. something else. What do you think I said? I thought you said Milano, and I'm like, no, Milano. that's that's a cookie, Dave. That's not. <laughs> that's not what it's called. I love Milanos. Oh, Milano, um, and I you know, I just love this. I love the uh, the castles and and the, the the countryside and the little town and wait, so you like just classic fairy tale? Classic stuff. The, the classic fairy tale feeling of Beauty and the Beast is really you know appealing to me, um, and. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it wait, is. Wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> That's so, it. That's all I wait, like. Simple, just simple yes or no. So to you, this movie holds up. Yes. Like watching it 25 up. years later, it is a great movie for you still. Mm-hmm. Okay. The songs are fantastic. They I think are this, quite I think, good. I think the songs are the best of that era, uh, um, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, that's that's not an objective fact. It's just they're, they're my favorite of, of uh, you know, I think Little Mermaid probably comes in second for me. Um, and uh, just the vocal performances, the uh, the wordplay, um, you know, between songs, I think it's just it's fun to watch. It's clever. Uh, the pacing of the story, I think, is just very good. Uh, and having watched it 10 billion times in the past three months because my daughter was briefly obsessed with it, I can tell you that it holds up to repeat viewings. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> and, I, and I have rewatched movies that, that don't. So, um, so um, Mike. You mm. were of the Disney generation. Did you, uh, when you were a ripe old six or seven years old when you saw this movie, did it stick with you then? 
You know, I'm not sure if I actually saw this when it first came oh out. I, I, I saw Aladdin. I saw Lion King like a billion times. I don't know if I saw this one in theaters. Um, hmm. I saw it later. and I Or maybe I did and it just didn't stick with me. Um, I feel like the last time I saw that I can remember was in college. And it was good. Like I, I enjoyed it. It was fine. Um, yeah, whatever. You know, classic whatever, guys. Mike, no, no, no. <laughs> Mike Morandi. This is why people tune in. It's the insightful criticism that Mike Morandi provides. No, it's good. it's, it's just I, I I I enjoy it. I, I think I probably missed the boat. I probably missed it when I was young and impressionable to really kind of hook me in emotionally to it. But I saw it again. Even when we just watched it now. Um, my girlfriend loves it. She was super into it. And had, um, had she seen it before? Had Queenie seen it before? Yeah, yeah, she had. She had. I think okay. she kind of grew up with it, so I think she was okay. very familiar with it. She knew all the songs. In fact, just by mentioning the name of the movie, had gotten the song stuck in her head a couple times. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so she's really into it. She's really excited about the the new one coming out. Um, but no, I, it's good. It's good. Maybe I, I sounded too. I don't want to sound unenthused about it because I really did enjoy it. I think it's really good. Um, I think it's got a lot of really good characters. I think there's there's the, the the plot is good. There's a couple points here and there where I was like, but wait a minute, hold on, wait a second. <laughs> like, well, th- like why did the horse stick around? Well, after, no, yeah. Um, like, well, let's get into that a little bit later because uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to pick apart the movie a bit and just ruin everyone's childhood. Yeah, um, no, and I don't mean to do it. Like, because there there are certain things that like I think is like some of the animation is a little bizarre um, from a craft <laughs> standpoint. Like, I think just. We'll For talk what? about that later, but I think as far as like the story goes and the, the, the you know the performances, um, the overall uh, everything working in concert, I think it works really well. And I think you by the end of it, you really like Beast. You really hate you kind of love hate Gaston. I don't know that anyone yeah, really fully hates definitely. him. I think he's a he's a great villain, but Yo, yeah. um, too charming to hate. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, too full of himself. Yeah, uh, no. Overall, it's good. It's really good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it felt like it moved fast. In fact, when I remember watching as a kid, I feel like it was so much longer. Like it took him a long time to fall in love. And this time, I'm like, oh, in five minutes, whoa, we're, we're here. <laughs> it's, only, okay. it's only an 87 minute movie. Uh, yeah, it's quick. So it's short. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's rushed. It doesn't feel like I didn't feel like oh come on, there's no way. For some reason, I buy it. I don't know, I don't know why. Because I think logically, maybe I sh- I don't feel like I should, but. Um, no, I think it works. I think it works really well. Well, I think it's a really good example of you can tell a movie's working if you're willing to overlook the dumb things that don't make sense but still buy into the movie. And I think that's like a perfect example with Beauty and the Beast. I've listened to this soundtrack over – my son is obsessed with this soundtrack, and we have it on CD in our kitchen. And I've listened to this soundtrack like – I don't know, hundreds of times mm. uh, over the past six months, but the music is still good. Like it's, it is incredible music. It's, it is. It's, um, it's, this is, I believe, um, Menken and, and um, Ashman, Ashman. Yeah. and Howard Ashman actually, I believe died from AIDS before the movie came out. Yeah. Um, but he was able to complete the songs, but the music is incredible. It is, I agree with Dave. I think it's some of the best music that Disney has ever produced. Um, I like that the movie is unabashedly a musical. It's not afraid to be a musical. Like, there is an opening overture number, the bell song, you know, uh, the little town song, that is basically like a, just a giant chunk of this movie that's just a musical. Like, it's straight up stage musical. Right, and it's very, uh, it's, it's, uh, every time I watch it, I always find something new and interesting in that sequence. I, I mean, there's a lot so, packed it's in so there. dense yeah. and so complicated, like the wordplay between the villagers and yeah, even the lyrics. Uh, like I've listened lyrics. to this, I've listened to it so many times, and always picking up different things that the villagers are saying and rhyming and how they're saying it. It's very clever. the The words are very clever. Uh, the story itself, I think, is entertaining. I do. I think that they do an excellent job, as Mike said, of making you care about the beast. Um, I think he's an incredibly sympathetic character, and you really do end up loving him. The way he's animated, uh, he's a wonderful combination of being both intimidating at times, but as the movie progresses, adorable, and you just want to give him a hug. Yeah, his and eyes. I, they, they do a fantastic job with I, I think he has the best character animation in the entire thing, and I think his design is fantastic. Um, I agree. Yeah. In fact, actually, what's heartbreaking is now the new movie coming out. I feel like they screwed him up, but he doesn't look... He was like know, a fawn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I tell you what a big the big thing first of all is that his horns are going the wrong direction. I think in this movie his silhouette is so iconic <laughs> as having the forward point thing like shorter, like more bull like, which I think is a lot more of his personality. Um yeah. and I think when you ruin that you kind of mess with the you know, the quote unquote brand more, more of the beast. Like. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a goat beast in the new one. Um, no, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that his design's great. I think Belle, um, not to sound too creepy, is one of the prettiest of the Disney princesses. <laughs> they all look she the hits same. all the I Disney mean, princess buttons oh, for me. No, definitely wait, not. Wait, who's your favorite Disney princess? What, me? Mike or me? I no, I think I think she's up there, and I like the fact that she's an intelligent. I think she's probably the, one of the smartest of all the princesses, right? Well, she's um, yeah. Well, okay. So uh, the there's a lot of things. There's a lot of mo- things to dig in here. This is like yes. a meaty movie. So yeah. after let, let's let's go back a little bit. I would always tell Julia that Belle was my favorite before she even saw this. When she would ask me, "Who's your favorite princess?" <laughs> That's what she sounds like. <laughs> A little bit, a little bit. Daddy, who's your favorite princess? No, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, Dave. That was, uh, Uh, thanks. No, so Little Mermaid comes out, and Little Mermaid, the plot of that movie is Mm -hmm. essentially a woman will do anything that she can to impress a vacant man, including, and her goal is to be beautiful and not talk. Which is, it's very, like, as, I like Little Mermaid a lot, but that's a very, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it is a very, like, tough thing to reckon with, especially in the a- current age of modern feminism and all that, about where Little Mermaid kind of fits in. Yeah. Whereas Belle, it, I mean, you yeah, know, you can pick anything apart. It's, they, they, it's they dated, do subvert. You got to look at it just from, it's a time capsule, just like anything else. I think we've kind of looked at certain things, like, if it's bad visual effects, you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt. You know, if culturally things were a little bit different then, I think. Well, I think um, that, I mean, and Belle, I feel like they're trying to backpedal a little bit in a lot of ways. And they still fall fall onto, you know, general uh, filmmaking, tro- uh, sorry, a fairy tale tropes that I'm sure that a feminist would pick this movie apart. But the entire setup of this movie is Belle is weird because she's smart, reads, and is, is intelligent and wants something more for herself, which is very much different than I think that a lot of the other princess archetypes prior to her. Definitely. Yeah, and um, I I think it's done in a way where it doesn't feel like you're being preached to or you're being like, oh, this is done specifically as like fan service to feminists, right? Like, I think it's just done very organically. Totally. And I love, I love the uh, the caricature of like previous princesses of the three women in the town who are just like fainting over over what's his name over Gaston every time he says something. They're all just like, oh, and they're crying (laughs) on his wedding day. I think that's all done really, really well, and it doesn't feel to me anyway like that it's, you know, it's a critique of anything specifically. I think it's just, you know, poking fun at a certain archetype. Well, here's where I saw the biggest turning point as far as the, the, the Disney princess was concerned. Belle is a character that is proactive. You know, she wants to go on adventures. She, uh, you know, things don't happen to her, whereas with earlier princesses, Cinderella, uh, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, uh, you think of maybe a couple more those are characters where things happen to them and they have to you know they're escaping from the evil queen they're running right. away from things you know yeah the, uh, the movie happens to them they don't cause the action of the movie right bill makes the choice to stay with the beast which is a little bit silly <laughs> if you, you have to admit like why doesn't you just well you know? i mean there's a lot of like if you start picking apart this plot like i this time i was being way too critical and i'll go through some of my major issues no i think it's fair yeah but uh i think that the movie does a good job of making her at least attempting to do something different with her and then the 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 uh the opposite end, end of that is gaston is he's a beautiful man and his like He's being criticized for being so vain and beautiful, and he's like he would be the prince in other movies. In terms it, yeah, of like he looks, looks and, very much like a classic Disney prince, which is interesting. I think, I think it's very intentional to do that, and I think it's it's really cool in this movie that he's the villain. Um, he's not like grotesque, you know. It's not like um, you know, you know, the Wicked Queen that in in Snow White that just looks disgusting in her haggard form and all that. Yeah, kind I mean of they stuff. do have the they do have the asylum dude in there. So the guy who likes animating creepy men, like they got yeah. their they got their fair share. <laughs> well, they but. brought him out for that and Judge Claude Frollo in Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, so yeah. um that was a good one actually. Yeah, I actually like that one. Um but yeah so uh Beauty and the Beast I think is interesting story wise. I think uh, visually it is quite impressive. I think there are certain shots in this movie that are gorgeous in the opening seek uh, opening when she's like, I want adventure in the great when it, and the yeah. camera like rotates around very her. Very good. Yeah. It's very, very cool. This movie features one of the first major instances of uh, CG animation yes. in uh, yes. the ballroom scene where the background is completely 3D rendered. Yep. Um, and it stuck out It stuck out a lot more to me this time watching it that it looked like a CGI background because I guess I'm just more attuned mm-hmm. to like it, how, it did. how shiny I, I, and polished it is compared to the characters on the front of the screen. You know what's still. weird? I think they do a really good job integrating the 2D, at least the perspective of it, because I, I felt, I remember that, and I remember thinking, like, oh, wait for it. There's going to be, I was telling my, my girlfriend about it, like, oh, just just watch. It's going <laughs> to yeah, well, get that, real fake real quick. And then I, I was surprised at how well they integrated that. 
Well, I think it works pretty well because you know it's it's dated CGI and it's 2D animation, and uh, you know the, the the 3D aspect isn't as polished as 3D animation would be now. And uh, yeah, but you know, I mix mean, that having... with 2D that where you can only go so far, you know. I, I, but I'd be surprised that something as polished as you know poorly textured, not poorly, but early textured 3D compared to 2D hand drawn stuff. In my mind, I don't see how that works in a way that looks good and doesn't look gimmicky. And yeah, it does a little bit. I think you look at it and you're like, oh, look, they're showing off what they can do with their computer. It's very cool. But I think it looks better than I remembered it being or than I, that I thought it maybe it should have in theory. Um, and I think it's just... I, I'm assuming it's testament to maybe what the backgrounds looked like before they introduced the 3D. Maybe there's already a... Or they matched the background or style or something. It doesn't feel as ostentatious as I remember it being in the past. Yeah, I, I think it actually is integrated rel- relatively well. And then the camera moves they do are very impressive. They do like these sweeping crane moves, you know, over the chandelier and around them. And it is really a, a, a lovely sequence. And the song is great. Angela Lansbury kills it. Uh, so all that stuff's really good. Um, even the villain songs in this movie oh, are yeah. great. Gaston is oh, yeah. probably my, yeah. my favorite song in the movie. Gaston's <laughs> song is great. The uh, the song the Kill the Beast song is fantastic. Um, it's just. Uh, all the, I mean, I, I love musicals, and I, uh, I think this movie is a perfect example of the form uh, in, in that respect. So let me ruin your childhood a bit, though, Uh-oh. and kind of go back and talk about, like, major issues plot-wise in the movie <laughs> that I had. Um, so a couple, the biggest issue, I feel like, is early in the movie, Belle basically trades herself so her father, Maurice, can leave, and she has to stay. And she theoretically cannot leave the castle. But later, she just leaves. Right. Like, with nothing, like, stopping her. And then the beast saves her from the wolves. And then they have, like, their uh, moment of reconciliation. Yeah. Their, their con- but, like, if she can just leave, like, what? what, what I don't understand. So I, I think it was, first of all, I think it was done, like, she was agreeing to, like, on, on honor, like, for honor's sake, if you let him go, I'll just willingly stay. I won't I won't leave. I'll just stay and take his place. Um and I, I think that that's just something that... Because that's something to me. I'm like, well, what's stopping her? I guess he could just lock her up, but he doesn't. So why isn't she just... Oh, she does try to leave. Okay, great. I think it's just that she's saying... She's agreeing to like, hey, look, I'll stay with you on my word if you let him go. Um, and who knows? Maybe she thinks at some point... Maybe she thinks that at some point I can I can get out of here. Or I can convince him to let me go or I can do... You know, I think it's... She even mentioned something like that, I think, when, when she's talking to him. Like, I'll figure a way out. Don't worry about it. You just go, whatever. Um, I think but, maybe what you're getting at is that there's... There's never really a, a clear reason as to why the beast wants to have a prisoner. Exactly, in the first exactly. Place. That's the major except, problem. Except yeah, why, he wants why, company. <laughs> but why even keep Maurice to begin with? Like, yeah. if he really hates him, why not just? I mean, it sounds brutal, but like, well, why not just kill the guy? It could just—it like, could just be that he's got a secret, or he doesn't want people knowing that he exists. I, I think first of all, you got to understand like what beast's motives are, and a lot of it is pride-based, right? I think a lot of it is, is based on the fact that he is horrified by what he is, being a handsome prin- prince and someone who was vain previously. Um, he, his major motivator is his pride. So I think when you have a guy show up and you've seen what he looks like, it's like, well, you're not going anywhere now. I don't want people knowing about this or I don't want people hearing about whatever it is. You just His initial reaction is just to lock somebody up. I don't even think he knows necessarily. Like He's like the dog chasing a car. Like He doesn't know what he's going to do once he's there, but he has it now, and that's that's it. Now you're, just, you're staying there, whatever. I think that's his character. He tends to have it. He flies off the handle. He's very brash. He thinks before he acts or... or Acts before, <laughs> before he, thinks. he thinks, right? Yes. Um, um, I mean, yeah. Obviously, uh, he's an impulsive character, and his anger is representative of that. But I don't know. There, there's something about the mechanics of that aspect of the plot. Getting Belle to the castle and keeping her there always do, just didn't ring yes. make a lot of sense to me. Yes. Um, and the, the biggest issue I have is like the horse had stayed <laughs> behind. Which okay, great. It's a loyal horse, but part of me is like you didn't leap just from like a, like a, a um. Uh, like a storytelling standpoint, it's so much easier just to say there's a blizzard, she's stuck, or she tries to walk out and she gets attacked by the wolves. I don't even know why you had the freaking horse there. Someone had to animate that damn thing. Why did you include it? Like, it's just... (laughs) Well, there's a lot of little moments like that that just don't... Okay, so this movie also suffers from what I like to call the double mumbo-jumbo problem, Uh um, where it introduces too many kinds of magic and what they're capable of doing in the movie. So it introduces a sorceress that is capable of enchanting this entire castle and this idea of a magical rose, which dictates how long he can, you know, dictates how long his punishment is for until he's permanently there. The rose it's isn't doing like, it. The rose is just an indicator of the spell it's like a, progress. It's like a, yeah, it's like a timer. But right. the, other, the other issue is, 
Oh, and he also has a magical mirror where he can see anything wherever he wants. And it's just like, why does he have all this magic stuff? Like, yeah. it's like there's just so much like random. Why don't you cast sorcery. a spell on the castle and just random enchanted things. Yeah, no, I agree though. I think that, I think that the mirror isn't the fully mirror takes explained. it too far for me. And you need yeah. it, you need it later in the movie as a yeah. as a plot point for her to show them the beast. Otherwise, they're never going to believe him. Which I understand. Like, mm-hmm. she can't whip out her iPhone and show the picture of the beast. That she but I don't to. think you need that. You can just it say just, it's it just a, adds like this whole other weird thing. It's like, whoa, dude, we've already got. T- talking teacups like why do we need <laughs> well, why I, I agree a magic I, think, mirror. I think the issue I've always said so this about like, is it a Disney trope anyway well that is a Disney trope um, and I don't even know if that was a commentary on um, a Sleeping Beauty or not oh, no sorry Snow White of Snow, Snow White, White. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is uh, <laughs> the other major issue I have is so the opening of this movie is a 10 year old prince doesn't let a haggard woman into his castle is he really 10 he's not 10 he's I don't think so he has to be so listen to this yeah He's supposed to, the the uh, according to the opening narration, and mm-hmm. I listened to it a billion times because mm-hmm. Max plays it all the time. Uh, he the spell will either be permanent or be broken by the time he's twenty one years old, yes. and it's been ten years since that spell has been cast. So it's been ten years since mm. he's been like eleven, yeah. and that's she, a brutal enchantress. So she that, that enchantress <laughs> picks on an eleven year old kid. No who didn't mercy, let a creepy old woman. In, I wouldn't let a creepy old woman stay in my house. It doesn't mean I am horrible and vain like i get the point it's coming across but i always got the impression he was like 16 i yeah i totally agree i I think he was of adult age i well so that's that's a really good catch what makes you think that there's 10 because they say that when they say 10 years they say when he's 20 on his 21st birthday yes i know that but what but what would makes you think that they say i think it's 10 years it specifically mentions that uh hold on i think i could buy five years but 10 years yeah, I always got the feeling he was 16 We've got to fact check this. Hold on. How old Which is like the typical age of a, of a Disney. Like reading all these little golden book princess books. Uh, they're always the like just before her 18th birthday. In Beauty and the Beast. Yes. He was f- transformed when he was 11. This is from two things. The Rose, so, which is truly an enchantment, which is Bloom on his 21st year. And ten. And then there was a time where Cogsworth said it's 10 years we've been rusting around, blah, 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 blah. Oh, God. So That is... So again, so the, and channels. where is this kid's parents? By the way, yeah, the whole thing is messed. Like, and yeah, how does the alone in the castle? How does this village not know about a gigantic castle? What who? What is his? <laughs> what is his? Uh, who are his subjects in this Hidden castle? In the woods. I, don't know. I don't know. It's a very confusing. There's a lot of confusing logic in the movie. See, that bothers me less because you can just say went into if you know kind of fell into dereliction over the. But still, ten years is not long enough for that to happen where people are exactly. stopping. Like everybody who's alive would remember. There's a ton of Reddit posts in this being like, can you believe he was only 11 when this happened? There's a lot of people that are very upset on the internet about it. Yeah, it's, oh, first of all, it shouldn't have been when he was 11. It should have just like... For, I mean, the issue is that this is a fairy tale, not a movie, right? So when you have like this premise, it, I know, it's sort and of... I, that's why I feel like I'm all, I'm being way too harsh because yeah everything I say could be uh, the average viewer just like yeah no it's a fairy tale, I, but bro. I, I, I totally bro, agree these tale. are Let these are major problems major <laughs> plot problems where you look at it, you're like oh yeah that's like Dave said that's a really brutal enchantment. Do you want to hear? Do you guys want to hear something else pretty messed up that uh, I thought about? Sure, yeah. Mrs. Potts is for all intents and purposes, uh, she's a uh, a grandmother. Why does she have a toddler? Uh, no, she's not grandma. She's, well, she, she, she's like yeah, she's uh, got the voice of Angela Lansbury. <laughs> she has a voice of a seven-year-old, and she has a two-year-old. Yeah, I think she sounded older than she was. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. She, I think she could have been. Yeah, didn't well, but she's still the same like, age. What, five. Of, okay, yeah, the five is probably more accurate. Chip is not an old. So He's let's let's say she had kids when she was like uh, forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about a forty-seven-year-old lady here. <laughs> so we're saying that Mrs. Potts is forty-seven. That's yeah, fine. I, 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 I think so. I'm willing. To, fifty. I'm willing to accept the fact that the people that are enchanted, the the objects in the castle, they do not age. I'm assuming. See, that's. I think that in my mind, that's kind of how I'm thinking of it. I, I think of it as like everybody is at the age they were when they were enchanted and they have a timer of 10 years. Let's just think of it that way. Okay. Let's not do the weird 11-year-old thing that's, that's stupid. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. Other other issue. Why does Lumiere's not melt? Mm. He's burning fire. Lumiere He's a magical melts. friggin' candle. Get out of here with Later that. Later in the movie, there's a, there's a, in the fight sequence, there, there's a shot where uh, LeFou is uh, holding Lumiere up to a fire and he's clearly melting. Okay, so yeah, his flames are like special magical flames that are part of him, <laughs> so he can't destroy himself. However, external flames, wielded by the infamous LeFou, 
That's different, clearly. His, uh, the, so LeFou's flames are non-enchanted flames, is what you're correct, saying. Correct, correct. Okay. Yeah, that's his I, weakness. I, you know what, he's a magical candle, but it's, it's, he's weak to mundane objects in, in general. I mean, that's... Oh, here's another thing. How come when, when Cogsworth falls down the stairs, gears come out of him, <laughs> springs come out of him, how come when he's turned back into a human, he's not, like, li- missing a liver or kidneys? Or guts or anything? Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it, it comes back to that. His gears actually magical. They don't explain this in the movie. It's very obvious if you do any research at all, Dave. His gears will magically regenerate. Actually, they're constantly they're constantly right. growing. He has to, uh, uh, like in intervals. Like skin cells. Right? Exactly. He has to dispose of these gears, so they're just growing in there all the time. It's kind of like his... Uh, we're just going to leave it at that. No, okay. I, you know what? I, I think that the answer to all my questions is it's a fairy tale, bro. Yeah. Move on. But the, the thing I do want to talk about, though, is kind of how Disney – so this is a very dark premise, right? Like it's incredibly dark. Like, I don't think it's any more it, dark than a lot of other ones. They're, they're I think it's pretty dark. He's going to remain cursed forever. Possibly. I, I, I think it's pretty, pretty scary. And I actually remember being kind of terrified of the West Wing and of Beast in those initial sequences when I was younger. <laughs> For a second, I got mixed up. I thought you were the TV show? The, Martin, the Martin Sheen TV show. <laughs> oh, yeah. President. I am terrified of anything Aaron Sorkin does. Anything <laughs> uh, political. Yes, you're right. Yeah. For a second, I forgot that he calls it the West Wing. Um, no, so... Uh, but what I think the movie does very smartly is it adds levity by having all these comical fun enchanted objects in the castle mm-hmm. uh, there's the buddy comedy of Lumiere and Cogsworth mm-hmm. the free-spirited Frenchman and his oh, excuse me his stuffy guy who's trying to keep him in line that's Cogsworth and mm-hmm. then there is uh, Mrs. Potts as the uh, amicable mm-hmm. she's kind grandmotherly of, character she's mostly the straight lady uh, um, so I think that really adds to the movie and I think that if those like Disney characters always have sidekicks right but yeah. I feel like the this movie adds tons of them. It's not just like there's one person hanging out. There's right. Like, there there isn't the typical Disney sidekick that kind of tags along like Flounder and Ariel. Or, right. Right. Or, right. Um, you know, if you uh, the, the other one that comes to mind is the little lizard and Rapunzel and Moana or the has horse her, and her little chicken uh, tangled. Rather, that is tangled. Um, you know, maybe you could say Snow White and all the animals of the forest <laughs> are her sidekick. Or I mean, yeah, I mean, even Aladdin has. Genie, right? Who's right. kind of and like the, you got a boo as well, and the uh, magic right. carpet, jungle like, book, jungle book, uh, the bear, blue. Um, so yeah, I think that movie, I think it handles tonal problems with that very well, um, because I think those characters are charming. Excuse me, and I think they have. Uh, I think Be Our Guest is one of the best songs. The, there's so many good songs in this movie, yeah. but Be Our Guest is incredible. I mean, there isn't a bad song in this movie. That is true. They're all very, very good. Um, the thing that uh, I did want to mention, though, hold on, I have a. I'm, Gotta look at my notes. Consult your yourself. notes. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? He, he's saying talk talk amongst yourself. You took notes? Oh yeah, I always take notes. Yeah, man. I used to take notes. I don't take notes anymore, guys. Sorry. You don't take notes. Dave anymore? just doesn't oh, care anymore. He's let himself no, go. I do care. I do care. Uh, I just didn't take <laughs> notes this time. And now I forget what we're going to talk about. Uh, we were talking about the songs and whether they were good enough. And Here's yes, a question. Here's be a our question. guest. As we're on a and be our guest. Oh. And how does how does it make sense that the plates sing and dance? And does the food get upset when you eat it? I don't think the food's enchanted. Oh, I, I think right. the food is, uh, like, you know, I, I think it's just a... Uh, it's, a it's a substance. It and, and, do you guys have a theory as to what the gray stuff is? Uh, no, but you can eat it at Disney World for a really? low, low price. Of the gray 50. stuff is delicious. Uh, it's a dessert to... served at the Be Our Guest restaurant. And, and is it can... actually gray? Uh, it is gray. Is I it haven't actually eaten gray? it. I haven't... <laughs> it is 50 shades darker, actually. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, the gray stuff, try it. It's delicious. Yeah, it's, it's weird because it seems like the least appealing color oh, to eat. Oh, here's what I was going to talk about. Saying, I, I remember what I was, think, uh, I was thinking right. about. This is the last film that Disney did before they started stunt casting animated films. Ah, this movie uh, uh, is followed point. up by Aladdin, which Robin casts Williams. Robin Williams in a very high-profile role. And mm-hmm. ever since Robin Williams played the genie, mm-hmm. literally every mainstream animated feature takes some famous celebrity and sticks a voice. James Earl Jones and Jeremy Irons and Lion King. Or and Matthew Broderick, Matthew Broderick. Uh, Jonathan yeah. Taylor Thomas, uh, but like it's yeah. just it, it's nowadays it is unheard of for uh, an animated film not to feature a famous voice, which right. always kind of boggles my mind because I don't think anybody is going to see these movies because some actor is playing a voice. That's true. In them. Uh, right. You know, probably does help sell it though. But okay, so I saw Kubo and the Two Strings recently, uh-huh. and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Charlie's Theron. But well. why? Why do we need Matthew Charlie's McConaughey. Theron? Why do we need mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey? Like no one cares that no. those people are voicing those roles. And I wonder they, if it's see. I feel like Disney doesn't have to do that, but a lot of these other smaller productions. I wonder if it's a way of but Disney and does lending do it. legitimacy been doing it, to it. 
Disney's been doing it consistently. They they did it. Uh, they kind of backed away from Moana in the sense that in the Moana, rock. the well, the Rock is huge, but yeah. the lead actor Wait, playing awesome. Moana is an unknown. She's yeah. uh, you know an actual kid, um, which uh, I don't know. I, I guess just, I guess they place a celebrity where they feel where they see fit. But do yeah. you? I, I just don't understand the studio logic behind that because are you? Is anybody take going to see an animated movie because of the actor in it? No, not really. I don't think so. <laughs> so why, why you spend know, the money? I wonder, I, well, I mean, I I'm, I'm, maybe the parents. I wonder if it's for them. I, I, I no, don't, I'm so I don't glad know. I get to hear the voice of Matthew McConaughey. In this. Yeah, like, well, I mean, I, I, I think that? Yeah, someone, someone's <laughs> obviously do, crunching what the numbers. What is he in? And it must Hold be on a second. He was in uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah. Really? I haven't seen it yet. But that's a that's, oh, not, a, that's not a Disney one. That's a Leica. Uh, Dave, I mean, sorry, Mike. That movie is like it's great. That is made for you. Yeah, I know. There's never been a movie that's more Mike Morandi. Like they should just call it Mike Morandi's. You know, apostrophe S. Last Kubo year was an excellent strings. year for animated feature films. But uh, I know it's just something that kind of bugs me. And I, I not, as much as I love Robin Williams as a genie, I don't think anybody else can play the role uh, and be as funny and relevant in that movie as he is. Right. I kind of hate how he started this trend because all of a sudden we have Eddie Murphy as the dragon uh, in Mulan, or the donkey, or the donkey. <laughs> no, it was, it was Eddie Griffin. Shrek. Oh my god, Griffin, right? And and Mike Myers, I think Mike Myers and, and Eddie Murphy together were, were decent together in the first one. Well, I mean, I like Tom Hanks and uh, and oh, uh, and Toy Story, and Toy Tim Story Allen. And oh Tim yeah. But like, yeah, you're right. Um, um, I always wonder, like, how? So you know, I guess we get that answer now because Beauty and the Beast, the live action film, is cast with very famous people. It's right. cast with Emma Watson and the guy from Downton Dan Abbey, Stevens, yeah. and um, who, I don't know. Uh, he's not super famous, but. He's, uh, you know, Emma he's famous in my is. heart because he's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Emma Watson is definitely the uh, the the big star there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting points. I actually hadn't thought of that. How animated movies before this time, really, the movie itself was because the star. Can you name any voice in Little Mermaid? Can you name any voice in the no, movie? Not, exactly. I mean, not without looking it up. And then I have to look up who played Belle, and yeah, it's Paige, Paige O'Hara. Yeah. Uh, when I believe when she did this movie, and she's got an amazing voice because she sings as well. But um, you know, it's funny. She's also like, uh, I find it very interesting that Disney cast these princesses who are supposed to be like 18, I want to say like 16 to 18, with like 35-year-old women. Right. And Moana's very different, the mm-hmm. most recent one, because they literally cast like a 15-year-old yeah. to play a 15-year-old. Yeah, and that's what's it. weird, because Belle never struck me as being like, how old is she? She's 18 or she's 16? I, I'm assuming she's yeah. like 18. All these, yeah. She looks like, like she's she in her mid to late 20s to me. All hey, the Disney princesses be. did. Not, maybe not, not all of them. A woman that beautiful doesn't stay single that long. <laughs> she does if her nose is stuck in a book. Uh, that is true. I mean, if you read things, you get ideas. Yeah. Thoughts. Yeah. Thinking. Thinking. Through I'm afraid I've been thinking. A dangerous pastime. I life. know. Uh, but anyway, um, I don't know. So, very something good something interesting. You guys are excellent. About Take it on the guys. road. Um, we will uh, eventually. So just something to think about: how kind of Beauty and uh, Beauty and the Beast started this whole world of Disney animation and how it kind of evolved and progressed and where we are now, I, I find it very interesting to think about how animation has transformed and what it's become in the sense, uh, and how it kind of, it has like little epochs of um, epics. time. That's epics, epics, that word, yeah. Epics? Mm-hmm. E-P-O-C-H is weird. Yes. Mm-hmm. Epics? Epics. Epochs um, is like something, <laughs> it's like <laughs> internet chicken pox. I got nothing. Epochs is I got nothing. internet chicken pox. Uh, People are saying epochs. It's a tremendous way to say it. But I think what we we went through, you know, fluctuations where this was the the the, the golden age of the two D musical, and then Toy Story comes around and kills two D musicals and replaces it with the CG animated feature, um, and then now we're in the fa- the resurgence of the three D animated musical yes. that Disney is foraging because they've had Moana Until and they've had uh, Frozen. T- Frozen and Tangled, mm-hmm. which are three mega hits yeah. uh, that are all musicals. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Interesting. And, yeah, and it seems like uh, they're going to continue doing that, from what I can, from what I can see, if they continue making animated movies and not all live action. <laughs> well, they I mean, will. I mean, there's this uh, Disney makes so much money on all their movies because they hold such tight control over them. Like, yeah. if you tried to buy it, excuse me. Oh, oh dude, forget they, it. Tried, they, even trying to rent it to watch it, I had to buy it on Amazon Digital. I couldn't rent it vault. anywhere. <laughs> they don't. They Disney doesn't like. It's hard to rent Disney films. They, no, you Beauty have to, and the Beast was not available on Blu-ray or or streaming until well, last year. I, well, I own it on Blu-ray now because yeah, of, uh, because of this. But it's just one of those things where 
they you don't you're never gonna get a deal on Disney movies, and they do this stupid thing where they put the movies in the vault, yeah, where that. you just can't it's get stupid. it because, and then they create a false sense of scarcity, <laughs> and then like release Pinocchio like 27 years later, it's like well, I better buy Dumbo now because I'm never gonna be able to get it again. So, <laughs> um, yeah, they're they're very shrewd business people in charge of the Disney Corporation. Dumbo and, uh, would be an interesting one to rewatch. Um, well, based oh, on that the, trippy friggin' drug scene in the middle, that still scares the hell out of me. Well, Pinocchio's trippy as hell too. That movie's one of the messed up. Most, uh, yeah, one of the uh, few Disney movies that, that aren't a prince that isn't a princess. Oh, one of the so, well, I mean, actually, yeah, I a guess lot there of are a bunch. There's actually. a ton. There's yeah. Bambi. There's the Rescuers. There's I've never seen all of Bambi. Bambi is arguably a, a princess <laughs> dear. Bambi's a boy. Bambi's a boy. Well, don't judge him. Okay, do not judge the man. He's gender neutral. No, whatever the hell he is. I don't think I knew that. I assumed it was a girl deer. I have it. I he's got that he's got that girly voice so that's why but yeah mm-hmm. um, no and I think that the the music I think is uh, partially a business decision for Disney because they make a lot of money selling these soundtracks they can monetize these by turning them into Broadway musicals and on top of that it gives soundtracks to play at their theme parks for the next 75 years because I just went to Disney World last week and let me tell you Beauty and the Beast music is still everywhere uh, the movie is incredibly prescient in the sense that there's an entire like subland devoted just to Beauty and the Beast there uh, so it's it's amazing to me that a movie that came out in 1991 where most probably you know young kids that are you know four or five now it's not like this is of their generation but it's still like big enough of a property that Disney's willing to invest so much in it so yeah hmm. interesting stuff what is the deal with short older dads in Disney movies yeah I was going to talk about that and <laughs> this also has the Disney tr- well there's the Sultan and Aladdin yeah um, oh, well Triton oh, was buff oh. Triton I thought you meant in real one. life yeah but he's he's yeah I guess he's been having kids for a while Triton uh, but mm-hmm. the the thing about Maurice is interesting is Disney loves this thing where there's you know no they love single parents mm-hmm. they freaking mm-hmm. love single parents it's true and uh, this is a great example of that where he the king and um uh, Cinderella, there's no he's he's a he's a short doughy man. Short doughy. Basically, man the with king, no queen. the the the, the <laughs> king in Cinderella wouldn't want has, to imply sexual relations of any sort. Was that the, you think that's the reason why? <laughs> maybe. maybe. I think it gives the I think it immediately imbues the main character with sympathy. Is my theory. It's this idea that she comes from that a single sense. parent, and if one is taken away from her, it's all she has. Right. And, it's it's know, the whole the, idea of the underdog. Like she had, you know, the life stacked. Her life is stacked against her. She's you know. And dealt a bad hand, has only another, a genius inventor dad to, to provide for, who's a little bit another crazy. Question. Another oh. question for you guys. Oh, Gaston, boy. does he live in the pub? I think he, he does. Says he, in the song, he says he uses antlers in his decorating and points to all the antlers. Maybe or he maybe lives, he's a pub owner. Maybe he lives above the pub. I can see him owning the pub and living above it. Yep. Okay. Rebecca just told me <laughs> it's cold and that I need to turn up the heat because I turned it off for the Oh, podcast. no, we're, we're freezing... <laughs> I'm freezing her out of the house, guys. Um, no, I, I think we're kind of nearing the end anyway. Does anyone have any other comments about Great the note to end on, the temperature of your house. <laughs> Before we freeze your son. No, your son my, hey, look, your son can freeze. It's okay. We have a podcast to record. Priorities. I guess, in, you know, the thesis of this podcast. Does this movie hold up? Yeah, it's pretty damn good. Yep. It's still good. Um, and I don't think that's just nostalgia saying that. I think there's an artistry to this movie. I think the songs are amazing. Um, and despite my plot nitpicks, I think it's very, very good. And I think the Beast is, Beast is one of the most the sympathetic of all the Disney characters. The Beast. The Boost. The Except boost. for when he becomes a prince and he's all like weird looking. Dude, can we talk about that? Because that's one of the weirdest. I cannot watch that and not laugh. Every time I've seen Wait, it. So his why, look, why is he his, weird looking? There was a close up of the prince. That mm-hmm. is laugh out loud funny at the end of the movie. Yeah, when he, the like, camera like, like zooms in on his yes. face and he's like all like, I'm fabulous. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, he does like a fabulous like hair wave. It is very, mm-hmm. very. Which, so there's two well, things I need to say I, about I that. Think, First of all, uh, I, I read that <laughs> it was a choice by Disney. Is they wanted, and I don't know why they would do this, but they wanted you to feel, I forget who was saying it, the animator was saying they wanted you to feel that it was something was off. Like you kind of missed the beast and you would prefer the beast over this, this frilly blonde man. Um, so at the end, they, he said they wanted you to feel like you kind of almost got ripped off, that you didn't, you know, you want the Beast back. I don't know why you make that as a choice for the end of your movie. That's, no, no, yeah, go back no. to the other version. No, I don't know. I think I think they gave him kind of a 90s, uh, you know. Boy band. And almost, yeah, not boy band look. But, you know, most Disney princess had short, like, dark hair, and he... Has kind of this long. He's got like a hippie, long shaggy, and hair I think a lot of it is because on. it's it's a contrast of like this masculine, you know, very 
bulky, big, beast-like character, and you go to like this more waifish-looking man. Um, yeah. I, I think it's supposed to be the fact that he's very vain. I think he was very much in love with it. It sounds like he's very much in love with himself. Um, so I guess that begs the question, then, why is this Enchantress not done anything with Gaston? Like, what is the deal there? He was probably much worse. Yeah, he, uh, she didn't knock on his door. Yeah, makes you wonder. Beauty and the Beast too. It's Gaston is the beast. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess. And he's turned into a little fawn. He's turned into like a nice, gentle. He's dead. He falls off the castle, guys. We oh, don't. Gaston, we yeah. don't know that. You until you see a dead body, no that, one is ever dead in no. any kind of media at all. I that, do. I that do. is about as dead as a Disney villain gets. Yeah. What if he landed <laughs> in some water, Dave? What if he washes up shore well, somewhere Disney else? Does, Disney does this a lot, where they never have their protagonist kill the villain. The villain undoes himself. Right. Like yeah. in this case, he basically. Gaston falls to his death because he loses his footing, uh, and they do this again in Tarzan, where the lead villain like hangs with the gun, right, or something. He doesn't he, he like he, no, he hangs himself because he's chasing through the vines to get him, and then he ends up like killing himself. That I way. thought there was something with like this really ridiculous, like the gun got caught up in a vine and ends up like. Oh, maybe he, that's it. I just remember it's that, something completely absurd. Well, even yeah. even Jafar does himself in Aladdin because he's the one that wishes himself to become the genie that ends up entrapping right. him inside the I, lamp. I, I think there's something uh, profound yeah. of that in the sense of like evil is always it always defeats itself. I think it's always like at the end of the day you kind of are punishing yourself. And well, good I also just... think that it's hard to they can't. Well, I mean they do have this fight sequence which I, which I think is very well animated actually between Beast and Gaston. I I really do love the moment when uh, Gaston first approaches Beast and Beast just doesn't care enough to even right. like, fight yeah, back. Like, that's I good. think that's a great moment. He's like, he's like, whatever. It's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to be this form anyway. Might I've lost like the one thing I love. Like, I think that's like a really sweet moment. And then I like how he sees, when he does actually see Bell coming and his eyes open up and uh, he like catches the... Uh, like uh, I guess it's like a piece of the castle in his hand. I think it's a really yeah. cool moment. Yeah, it's a great fight. It's a really and I, even just the scenery, like on top of the the, the castle, all that architecture and it's, the gargoyles and everything, fantastic. Yeah. So um yeah, I, I dig the climax of this movie. Um, I've always wanted Belle to come to me and kiss me. <laughs> okay. But, you know. You know, and the, and the way it deals with death, I think it, it's very common in Disney movies to not really show the actual you know you don't actually see someone's throat get slit yeah and I think it's movie, also you know? kind of it's interesting because if the beast had kicked him off the off the roof of the castle you'd be like my god he's a murderer like, <laughs> you're, not, you're not gonna see him like hit his head on the rocks below <laughs> right whatever. well it's uh it's yeah. just not that kind of it's just these aren't those kinds well of you movies. don't even see uh Gaston uh stab the beast you see the beast's reaction to being stabbed yeah. uh so well, you it's, do see it, him pull it out though, you do see it pull it out and there is blood yeah. I believe on the knife so uh it, it's interesting what Disney's willing to show uh you know it, Disney Disney's very famous Walt Disney himself mm-hmm. the man is very famous for putting very dark things in a lot of his animated for children movies and him believing that it was important to put that into movies because of heaviness and and weight and that you know story doesn't work unless it has that yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and I think I that right. I think he is right uh, Walt Disney may have been an anti-Semite but also a genius <laughs> like a complete genius so yeah so any final thoughts, guys, before we close this one out? I don't think so. I think uh, anyone who hasn't seen this movie should definitely see it, and anyone who has... Uh, Everyone's seen this movie. And, and, this movie. and the live-action movie is going to make a gajillion dollars. Oh, yeah. You know, fingers crossed. I hope it's at least good. I don't, I don't expect it to it's be It's the great. same movie. If you like this movie, it's literally the same movie. You just have so. to like the people in it. They did, but they did a little bit of extra stuff. Like, the, the door in the new movie looks pretty interesting. Um, the door? The door. The what? door. Yeah, the don't check talks. it out. It's like the 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 door that she comes in. Like half of it, there's like a beast head on oh, it, and there's like yeah. a big ornate key thing. It just looks pretty cool. I think the design they're going to take like a step further. Well, I think that's what this movie is. The live action movie is. It's not a showcase of story or acting. It's a, sh- it's a showcase of production design and. Well, right, because they already have that. It's a matter of they already just have now, everything what can they else. Go so with it's just it? like right. yeah, Where how can, can we make things it? look cool? Basically, um, yeah, um, all good. Uh, you guys are okay with Emma Watson being cast as Belle? Would you have cast anybody oh, yeah. else? Um, I like her a lot. I So, again, because Belle to me seems so much older, I, I was expecting somebody a little bit older, but look, no, you could young. do much worse than casting Emma Watson. Yeah. I mean, she's going to handle it very well, yeah. I would have gone with, uh, shoot, I guess she's too old, but I would have gone with uh, Agent Carter. What's her name? Okay. Oh, Atwell? nah. The Atwell. No. I would have gone with the Atwell. Nah, she's <laughs> too old, I think. Oh, <laughs> she's too old. I'm sorry. Well, for the role, I think for the role, yeah. She's. I don't know if she strikes me as she has like. An, she's an older soul, I think. She's an older soul. No, sorry, I think, you know, sorry. I think Emma Watson's going to be great in the movie. I, I think uh, you know the the beast itself remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of do. Just turn those horns That's a really around. Tough. 
just turn the horns around. We're, we're in good. Cause I think his face is fine. I think he, his lips are a little weird. I think they need to be snarlier with bigger teeth. But look, you fix the horns. I'm a happy man. I, I, well, I expect that they, they looked at Emma Watson and said, okay, we got Belle, fine, put her in a dress, and she's going to be amazing. The Beast, I, I have a feeling they probably toiled over that and tried it to It reminds me of uh, Pan's Labyrinth, like the fawn from yeah. that movie. That's he like does. what I'm he seeing. He looks like a fawn. I'm yeah. sorry, I just got distracted looking at Haley Atwell's cleavage. we got to clean this <laughs> up. All right. Um, Ivan's got to get home. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> I'm already home. I've got a lot of work to do. Very busy. Uh, <laughs> um, I do want to... Uh, uh, you know, if uh, I'm curious to um, yeah, what? see if our listeners have any other animated films that we would they would like us to cover, that would be good. Um, so just let us know if there's any other Disney movies of such uh, that we should cover. Um, yeah, um, Mike, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on my website at mikemirandi.com, or you can find me on my Twitter at Mike Morandi. Do you own Twitter? <laughs> he owns Twitter. On my Twitter. You hear about that? Yeah. Have you heard of Twitter? It's mine. I, I developed it. You gotta tell me it's not mine. I don't own it because wow, there's a lot of people on it, Dave. There's a certain president I'd like you to ban from Twitter, <laughs> dude. If I could, believe me, I would. He should not be using that. Yeah, Barack Obama, get off Twitter. Honestly, man. <laughs> Honestly, Boom I'm goes sick the of dynamite. Uh, oh, I take that back. I take thank that back. you for Dave. not taking saying the T word, Dave. I appreciate Where it. Where can people oh uh, find you on the internet? Uh, on Twitter, Dave Glanz, Jillian Z. On my Dave Twitter. DaveGlanzProductions.com. You can find me at Ivan Kander on Twitter. That's I-V-A-N-K-A-N-D-E-R. Uh, my website's LuckyNineStudios.com. I also write, edit, and curate for ShortOfTheWeek.com. So that's all my stuff. Uh, do we know what we're doing next time? Are we going to do this thing where you uh, tell me in a couple days, Mike? No, we, we, we had something, didn't we? And I've already, <laughs> I've already forgotten oh, what it was. Oh, this is killing we, me. We can sit on it for a little bit. No, we know. What, what was it? What was it? I think you were going with uh, the ma- was it Matrix. The no, ma- you were saying no. Oh, I want to do the Matrix. I'll do that for mine then, maybe. When is the Matrix twenty five years old? Uh, we passed it. Ninety. It was. Are you serious? Oh my God! We're oh. So old. oh no, it's not twenty five. It's fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. 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 Not, not twenty five. Jeez, guys. It can't drink yet. <laughs> Calm it's, down. It's, it's almost. It's, it's doing illegal drinking Whoa. right now, but Whoa. it can't actually do it. Whoa. Uh, I don't know. You were you were talking about Unforgiven, but uh, it was also um, uh, we were talking about Keanu movies since the John Wick came out. Oh, was it was um, it Bill and Ted? We're gonna do Bill? No. Oh, oh, oh Star Trek. It was uh, First Contact. Oh, right. You're right. Yeah, my fiance. Yeah, I keep calling her my girlfriend. My fiance. All right. It's been on something... a, a Star Trek kick. So uh, I'd be curious to kind of check out that movie. Um, All right. We're finally getting. Where does Michael that? Where does movie. First Contact fit in with? The uh, how series. many Star Trek Next Generation features have there been? A lot, I don't right? Know. I want to say three or four, but I'm not sure. Ooh, what that was many. The first one. Uh, well, I know there was one before First Contact. I do too, and I don't know what and that is. I don't is. know how many after. Well, there's like Nemesis and other I, Nemesis. I didn't see. There's like five movies called Nemesis, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> I saw First Contact, and then I kind of skipped them until why Chris, is, the Chris Pine ones yeah, came. But, but why is that? Like, <laughs> why did we, I guess we'll talk about it, why, I guess we'll talk about it in the episode, but like, why did everyone just watch First Contact and then skip over every other Next Generation movie? I don't know. If you're listening and you're a Star Trek fan, answer that question for me so I can be smart at the next show. Um, all right, so uh, facebook.com slash reviewed podcast, uh, contact at reviewedpodcast.com. Uh, until next time, guys. Um, do you want to yeah. sing a little bit more for me, Dave, to carry us out of here or no? Uh, play us out, my man. <laughs> okay. Be out. Guest, be out.